Welcome to Well Fed, a podcast for hunger creatives. I'm your host, John Sarantino, a designer based out of New York. And on this podcast, I speak to some of my creative heroes to learn from their experiences and discover the ingredients to grow within the creative industry. On this episode, my guest is Alex Kiesling, who is a Brooklyn-based illustrator and animation director who has worked with the likes of Apple, Google, MTV, The New York Times, Robinhood, and many more. I came across Alex's work through social media, and ever since then, his work has always stopped me in my endless scrolling. Everything from his unique characters to the dark and dreamy situations he puts them in. I knew I had to ask Alex to join me as a guest to learn more about his process and what inspires his work. Before we get into the episode, I just want to share a few things with you. First, if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can head over to wellfedpodcast.com where I have all the episodes as well as videos and articles with tips for creatives just like you. Second, for this season, I just launched a Slack group that you can join by going to wellfedpodcast.com slash community. There you can share work and connect with other designers, illustrators, and photographers from all over the world. Last but not least, I'm doing free one-on-one portfolio reviews over Zoom for anyone that signs up for the newsletter on the website, wellfedpodcast.com. I've already had a few of these with listeners, and we've talked about things like getting more clients, ways to present your work on your website, and a bunch of other topics. All you have to do is sign up for the newsletter over at wellfedpodcast.com. Now that we got that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Alex Kiesling, thank you so much for joining me today in this new Zoom world that we're in. Usually end up recording these in person, but... um, you know, I thank you for for jumping on the Zoom call today. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super interested. I've followed your work for a while because um, your work kind of just grabbed me when I saw it on Instagram. It's like very otherworldly, kind of sci-fi, very like dystopian at times. And for some reason, it, I don't know, I tend to like that sort of that 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 world, that vein of, of art. And um, I've just kind of you know, over the last couple of seasons, seen your posts, things like that. And I knew I kind of wanted to talk to you and how you sort of developed this style. Um, but before we kind of get into all these questions that I have, we started to do a video segment last season called Five Drawings in Five Minutes. And unfortunately, we're not able to do this in person. So I've kind of shortened it, altered it a little bit. And what we're going to do is we're going to reuse those questions for what I'm calling five questions in 50 seconds. So uh, we'll put on the virtual timer. Uh, not really here, but maybe eventually later in the season we'll get one. And, you know, if you're ready, I'll, I'll go ahead and fire off the first one. Yeah, go for it. Cool. If you had to give up bread or cheese, what would it be? Um, I'm a Wisconsinite, so I technically should say cheese, but I like I should stay with cheese. I think I'm going to give up cheese, though, because I I just like love carbs too much. Yeah. (laughs) Next question. What's your sign? Uh, Sagittarius. So super chill, I guess. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, like, do you find that to be any qualities of that? true? I don't know why, but. Uh, it's very much like a New York thing for someone to ask you, like, what's your sign? What's your horoscope? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know how many people actually believe it, but yeah, I'm, I've seen the traits and it is like, I'm like, oh yeah, I am like all those things. <laughs> like there's definitely other signs that I looked up and I was like, oh, I'm definitely not that. So, but I'm not a superstitious person, so I don't really believe it totally. Agreed. Next question, cat or dog? Uh, I used to be a cat person because that's what I grew up with, but I'm going to have to say dog. Uh, like now if I don't know if it's like the videos are seen them on New York subways but I just like really want a dog now it's just <laughs> like they're so I just think they're like there's a reason they're man best friend they're just it's like otherworldly that an animal can be so in love with like another species unconditional and they just know they just 
they can sense what you're feeling, which is crazy. Yeah, they're they're just always gonna be your friend no matter what. Um, if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life every day, what would it be? Oh, uh, uh, I'm not to say I had this. Um, I created this like <laughs> this sandwich, which is like anchovies with mustard and basil um, and tomatoes on on like a slice of toasted sourdough with like grilled sourdough, and I just like absolutely love it. It's like pretty. It's like other than the sodium, it's like quite healthy, like very low in carbs <laughs> if you use like the fitness bread. Anchovies are supposed to be really good for you, right? Yeah, they're like a, they're kind of like a superfood for my heart. And they're yeah. like super sustainable for the environment. You can't really like overfish anchovies. And it's like, and it's got so much unami with like all the ingredients. It's like, you don't really need to have a lot of meat in it. It's just like the anchovies, just like three little slices is like enough. And it just like packs such a punch. So I love it. Last question. And we're definitely over 50 seconds, I think, but that's okay. Um, it's good to have a goal. <laughs> um, Spotify or Apple Music? Uh, I'm say Spotify. Um, yeah, so I'll have to go with that. What was the last thing you listened to on Spotify? Oh god! Uh, oh, oh my god! I have my I have some Spotify open right here. So I'll say, oh, it's probably Wham City by Dan Deacon. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've heard of Dan Deacon, but I, I'll look it up later. Like, I actually just got. Like, He's like a weird psychedelic, but like really party hoppy psychedelic kind of weird okay. music. I I think it's it's really it's like I love his stuff though. It's like super <laughs> kind of fun and weird. Good music to jam out to while working. Oh yeah, or just going on a walk, just wonderful. So you mentioned you're you're in Brooklyn now, um, but you mentioned you're you're originally from Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm a I'm from a little town. Uh, called Pewaukee, which is about 30 minutes west of Milwaukee. So Pewaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee, yeah. It's, it's all Native American tribe names, I think. But it's, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of like rural. It's, it's like suburbs mixed with rural. So then um, I definitely would say it's a, quite a difference from moving from there to like Rhode Island to go to, you know, Rhode Island School of Design and then going to uh, New York. It's like a, it was a huge culture jump. And then even coming back home for the holidays, I've had my own like culture shock of being like, this is so different, like being here than what it is in New York. Yeah. Things are a little bit slower. The roads are a little bit longer and, uh, you just kind of move at a different pace. Yeah. It's just a lot more cows. I definitely would say like very normal, get turkeys pecking at like your front door. I get like, I find turkeys like all around my yard and deer everywhere too. It's just like, that's like totally normal. It's kind of refreshing though at times. I remember, um, you know, my parents live in South Carolina now, kind of a little bit further away from the city and you wake up and you have chickens in your front yard mm. and uh, deer and and it, it is refreshing though, especially when you're just living in the city all the time. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some weird stuff like, I've seen like turkeys like up in trees and like a whole like bunch of turkeys that were just hanging up in this like the smallest little tree, like maybe 30 of them. And I was just like, how is that tree like even standing up still? How did they even get up there? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, do they even fly? Like you see them around, but like, do they even fly? Like, it's so weird. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. It'll be a Google search after this. But um, so you mentioned that like the first time you really, or not, maybe not the, necessarily the first time, but your big move from Wisconsin was 
uh, to go to school to Rhode Island. And that was a big culture shock. But, you know, how did you sort of develop this idea that you wanted to go to Rhode Island School of Design in the first place? You know, like, was there someone in your family growing up that kind of influenced you? Or, or where did that kind of creativity come from? Yeah. Um, well, so apparently my dad wanted to go to like Rhode Island School of Design when he was, a, you know, a kid, high school or whatever. And his dad, so my grandpa was like, no, it's too expensive. And at the time it was about $600 per semester about that. And you're just like $600 a semester. And you, and he still said, no, like, Oh yeah. Now you're like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's like such a deal. Like what? It was like something around that price. It was like super, super low. And, and, but my, so my dad always wanted to go there. So when he found out I got into the school, he was like, he didn't push me, but he, my family was very supportive and was like, you know, you, we think that you, you know, you're not like some slag off that doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's just like, I don't know, just kind of do art or something like you seem like you're somebody who's really actually passionate about it. Um, and my dad was very like, also like, you should, you should go for it, you know, do what I can't do. Were you kind of like, you know, were you involved in like art or, or something, you know, that kind of led them to think that? Yeah. I think just my whole life, I was just like, it's like the typical story of like those art kids that like are really bad at school. Like they always get like C's and D's and stuff. I was always like a C, B kind of student and uh, never was able to pay attention. Never like always forgot about his homework and just always drawing on his paper. And some, you know, obviously like that, not, that wouldn't fly, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> I had some teachers who were like, Oh, but we understand he's like, he just can't even, this is like so set for like a different kind of mindset. And yeah. they always knew that like I was like really artistic driven. And I just like always had that like just wanted to draw kind of thing. And so I had some teachers who were like, we know that you are going to like want to do this for a living and you actually fit in really well. And they were very supportive too. Um, so I was very fortunate in that sense to have like that environment to grow up and not to have an environment which was very like art is not real. It's like, you're stupid. You got to get a real job kind of thing. I was like very fortunate in that sense. Yeah. I, I think I read up that you're, that your parents are like all mathematicians, right? So it's like my, okay, well, my mom is actually technically an, was an architect and my dad was a sculptor, but my dad became an engineer later on. And my sister is a, she's got her PhD in like nuclear physics and my brother he um, he graduated in physics and then was doing his master's in material engineering. And then now he actually, I think because he saw that I was doing well in art and he was always kind of an art guy. He was always like super, super great at math. And my, my family was like very pushing him to go into a math field, but he got kind of miserable. So he decided to take what he's learning from math and try and apply it to his work now as a sculptor. So he's like, he got like, I think it was like something like a full ride to go to school, like an art school to like essentially combine like that technology side. And he wants to do things with like artificial intelligence and, and implementing cool. it with like sculpture. That's like what he's telling me. And so he calls me sometimes yeah. and he's like, Alex, I need your, like, I need some, um, just need to bounce some ideas. And I'd love to just chat with him sometimes. That's cool. That's like pretty much my family. It's a very science-y, but also kind of like that math. So I guess engineer is like the best way to say it. Okay. But they kind of allowed you to explore. It sounds like they all sort of had their hand in, 
and making something in some way, shape or form. So they didn't really hold you back from, you know, pursuing that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're all, I think we all kind of have a similar mindset. I'm just like very dumb with the math part, but like my, <laughs> my brother and sister, they're always always like, you know, the AP, AP calc kids in high school. And I was the one that was in the lowest level math. So there same. was always a, di- there's always a, di- oh, you're the same as me. I was, you know, you'd always look at the AP kids and they're like, getting not necessarily special treatment, but you're like, oh man, that'd be, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. I was, I didn't realize at the time, but it was all determined, I think with like a single test that decide what kids go a little bit ahead in math and what I, mm-hmm. so it's like when you start in high school, there's always still that separation gap. My kid, my brother was like the one that was like, even in middle school, he would take that bus to go to high school to just take math and then come back to middle school. And I was like, and because I was in the lowest level, I just kind of thought I was dumb. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it just kind of just turned out. We just have, we just have our brains are a little shifted in different ways. He's more left side. I'm more right side of the brain. Yep. Yep. It, it works out. It works out. So fast forward a little bit, I guess, you know, you, uh, you eventually make your way to RISD. Um, did you have to do the bicycle part of the portfolio? Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I did like, I did like, um, uh, it was like a cartoon of a guy that like almost looked like a Tim Burton character. And um, what's the what's the bicycles that are like real one large giant wheel and one little small wheel? Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no clue what they're called proper. It was like very early 2000 hipster looking like and just like <laughs> I don't know if you know what I mean by that. It's like I always feel like I describe things as early 2000 hipster, but it's like it just reminds me of something from Portlandia where it's like, yep. put a bird on it kind of thing. It was like, it just, like, it. It just kind of has that like style of like, yeah. And I, but it was, it was, a, it was a, you know, a good piece for like a high schooler. It was good. Um, Did you have any sort of, I guess, like style or sense of direction when you got to RISD? Like, you know, where were you at? Cause I, I know that like, for example, I went to community college. I had no sense of what I wanted to do. And even after going through like a college design program, I still didn't have any sense of style or preference really. Yeah, I didn't have, so I, I was, when I did, I don't know if you've ever done those like portfolio reviews or if you had that fortunate to be able to go into like a city and they would have like the colleges come. Yep. So like, yeah. So whenever I did that in high school, um, they said that like I I was really like illustration based, like every single time. And I guess it's because I was really focused on like that cartoony drawing. I'm not really sure. But when I, so, in, but in high school or uh, sorry, in, in college, like RISD, I had, uh, I really didn't have a style and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was still kind of figuring myself out, which fortunately I think was the right thing because from what I understand and what I've kind of preached in my own ways, it's like, it's good to not, set yourself on a style at a young age because then you're kind of like when you go into college that's the time to explore um it's really an environment it's like an incubator environment and if you're just set doing the same thing over and over you're not really taking advantage of the resources or like you know the opportunity to explore new things so it's just kind of like i think it's good to just like not really know what you're doing and just taking that opportunity to fail as much as you possibly can to learn from you know, what is the right thing to do? Completely agree. I think um, it's also kind of good to not, I guess, like have that thought of like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm only going to do this. It sort of closes your mind off to actually like learning and exploring as well. Um, You mentioned that like you had this sort of cartoony style. I'm guessing that you inadvertently watched a lot of cartoons when you were a kid. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I never had cable. I was like one of those those you know kids that never had the cable access, so I was stuck with you know PBS, which I kind of hated. And I was always jealous of the kids that went to school and talked about like SpongeBob and stuff. And I was just like, I can't relate to anything. Wow. I was waiting for you to be like, yeah, I watched Digimon and Pokemon. I was oh, like, oh, actually, no, no, no. Now that you say that, no, actually, no. Yeah. As like a little kid, no, Digimon was massive for me. So thanks for bringing that up. And my brother and I actually did used to make our like own like Digimon and Pokemon cards. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. For I'm that. not the only one. <laughs> no, I remember that. Yeah. My brother and I used to do that. It was like terribly drawn on like eight, like those uh, line paper. And it was like, this is like my Digimon that I'd make and stuff like that. It's cross between a dog and a cat or whatever. It's got like fire. It was always like some, it was like some, I remember drawing like some Sonic looking characters. I loved like the, the Digimon anime hair. So I used to try yep. to like draw the, the spiky anime hair. Like the Dragon Ball Z kind of like style. Yep. And I was like, when I figured that, out. It was obviously really badly drawn when I did it, but it was like when I was like, oh my, I was like, this is so awesome. Like, I'm like, I'm drawing like real anime right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I take that back. Sorry. I did have influence. I just like couldn't think off the top of my head right at the moment. But when you bring when you, when you bring those up, I'm like, oh no, I know. I know what I got. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're kind of in the same, the same, you know, couple of years of each other where, you know, those shows were very prominent uh, when we were growing up. So you kind of go through RISD, I guess you're you're pursuing illustration and, and drawing, correct? Yeah, it's just illustration. Um, but yeah, it's like, I guess it's pretty similar. What is it like coming towards the end of your kind of like program at, at RISD? You know, like what are they get, what are you gearing up for? What are you kind of looking to do as you graduate and things like that? Um, yeah, I was freaking out. I was a lot of freaking <laughs> out. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um pretty much, you know, had zero money at the time, um, was with my girlfriend. She got a job all the way at Leica Studios in Portland, but I always like, I didn't have any job lined up and was had $600. I think it was like $600 in my bank account. And I had like an apartment. I was like trying to like, how am I going to pay my bills kind of thing, pay rent. And I got like, I was just fortunate enough to like start applying for jobs. And I got like a crappy little internship in, in, um, in New York. Um, sorry, I should say, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Cause, uh, it's okay. The first one's never that great. Yeah. I remember the first day I got there, he goes, he's just like, by the way, um, you know, we'll tell you if you, if we'll fire you within the first two weeks or not, you know, if you're just not working out, we'll let you go. And I was like sitting there like, I just moved my whole life to New York and I really need that first paycheck <laughs> to even just like pay for anything kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like sleeping on my friend's couches and I'm like, please don't tell me that you'll like fire me if I don't work out, you know? And I, I definitely, and I definitely at the time was like really desperate. I was like, yeah, I like no illustrator. And I had to learn it like a week before. And that's, I think they were not happy by that. Cause I could tell they were like, I don't think he knows this program. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's that classic fake it till you make it that everyone grows up here in, in school, which is, which is, you know, I, I think like, it's not it's not like a bad saying right but like to your point you know you, you kind of just in a way have to force yourself to learn this new thing so like you can kind of get through it and like get on to learning the next thing and the next thing and sort of growing over time i mean there's nothing there's nothing necessarily bad in that saying you can but it can i can see how it can be taken the wrong ways at times so you this is your first internship where was it or i guess do you want to kind of keep it nameless at the moment I'll keep it nameless um, for a time. Um, 
Love the lot. What, of what the did they have? I love you, the people there, but yeah. What did they have you doing? It, it was like essentially like uh, drawing. So they're doing like animations. Uh, sorry, they're doing animation work and and uh, a lot of character design for like a game app. So they're working on it simultaneously, like a TV show and a children's learning game app kind of thing. So I was taking these like illustrator vector files and like doing like character turnarounds and making sure that like you know they putting clothes on them it was kind of like very asset driven <laughs> cool. and i was like i was not good at it um and i was and honestly it was like i was kind of miserable at it too <laughs> like i said like i love i love the people there and everything like that i just think that the work was just very like grunt it was very very grunt and in the trenches, doing a lot of like the in-between stuff. They're like, we need a position for this because we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And it was especially, I think I, I wish that I at least had a grunt job that was for something that was like the final product kind of had a little bit more satisfaction, but we didn't really release anything. Um, a lot of, not a thing really came out of it uh, with like work. <laughs> so it was, uh, but yeah, the, like I said, though, I love the, I love everybody that worked there. I'm like, I still friends with a lot of the people or close knit. You know, but it was the end up the the beginning of the internship stuff was like, yeah, I was like, you know, you're just here to just like fill up a role and we'll, yeah. pay, you, we'll pay you $10 an hour. What was what was next for you after that? You know, like uh, you graduated in what, 2016? Uh, I graduated 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got you got that internship then. Um, what's sort of like your path? uh leading up to say 2019 2018 oh it's like starting to get into freelance and stuff like into yeah i guess like you know how many positions were did you have before freelance um and you know where were they at oh no actually i so this job i was talking about i worked there for like two years and i kind of worked my way up a little bit to just become like uh just like an illustrator there and uh i've seen an, the entire company come and go other than two other employees so I wow. was kind of like the, I went from like the child to like the like the eldest with the most work experience, and it was only it was yeah. only like two years experience. Everyone's like, "Hey, I'm 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 John, and I'm I just joined four weeks ago." And then like intros get to you, and you're like, "Yeah, I've been here for two years." And everyone's like, "What? Like two years?" Yeah, but it's like I've seen like like I said, I've seen a whole company come and go, and uh, it was it's a little sad. It, it kind of that definitely triggered me in some ways, where I was like, "What am I doing?" Like everybody's like am I supposed to do something similar where I'm supposed to like work here for a little bit and then move on to another place? Sure, yeah. But um, no. Uh, so essentially I got into freelance because I was working there. I, they wanted me to work in England um, and they wanted me to permanently move into England. So I was there for six months in, in London. And essentially I got a, um, actually uh, a, somebody who follows me on Instagram. He was an art director at Google and they wanted me to essentially spend and do an art artist resident residency for Google and it was like, you know, good money and stuff like that. And uh, it was only for like a few, it was like for a few weeks and stuff like that. But I just was like, I, I, this is my, this is the thing that I'm looking for, for that next step. And I was like, I need to do this. I had like other little freelance jobs, like small editorial jobs for small magazines and stuff like that. But I never really had like something like this big before. And I just like, I have to do this. This is like my next step. So that's when I decided I'm going to leave the salary job of doing like, character asset work and you know trying to figure out how to, it's going to be worked into like a kind of 
animation for children's education and move into essentially doing yeah well whatever i'm doing now yeah essentially yeah just full-time freelance so is that so that's kind of the the start of just you going independent and being independent from from pretty much till today yeah yeah that was uh it definitely was a rocky first start it's like uh for a while it's like with freelance you never really know when your next job's coming gonna come around and stuff like that but uh it slowly over time like got a lot like a little bit more stable a little bit more stable then you know certain clients i realized you know uh i was relying too much on like a paycheck from them when i was really very little and kind of being like i know that they've constantly come to me but then over time that started to gain more work and it just like became a little bit a little bit health like a like financially healthier is that even a term yeah just yeah yeah yeah. a little more fruitful i guess yeah it got a little bit more fruitful yeah you could say it definitely is a good way of putting it <laughs> so so you mentioned you mentioned that you got this google kind of like artist residency commission all through instagram so like you know i guess you know what were you doing at that time while you're working this job to kind of like either kind of get your work out there or you know like yeah you know what so there it, it can't go from zero to a hundred that quickly. There's got to be a little bit of work behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely describe that. Yeah. So uh, while I was doing, so all the way back to when I was interning at the time when I was interning before I got, you know, hired by the same company to become an illustrator. So while I was interning there, I was like super miserable, you know, going home. I couldn't really afford, actually, I really couldn't afford food. I can only have two meals a day because I realized that it was too much out of my budget. So like, uh, essentially make breakfast and stuff like that. So I had to damn, that's when, you know, yeah, that's, that's when it was the most brutal. Like I said, it was like $600 in my bank account. No, I was like serious. I had $600 in my bank account and then like $10 on per hour on the minimum wage in New York city. So, but, um, I was really miserable. I didn't want to go home. And because I just like, I just, I just felt like going home was just me laying in bed and doing nothing. And my roommate, who was my friend at the time, she was not you know, she wasn't around ever. So I just kind of was like sitting alone there. So I decided if I'm going to sit alone, I might as well just like sit alone where there's an actual computer because I don't have a computer at, at, you know, at home. So I decided to like, you know, sit and do my own drawings because I just wanted to vent out. And that's when I started to find my style a little bit more. And I think out of like peer, just being so like, not having so much going on with like other artists and influencing me and just me doing whatever relaxes me the most. I found like a little bit of my process that I found was that I could consistently go to because it just kind of felt like it was most comforting to me. I just, so I just realized I really like, you know, doing rendering and shading and stuff like that. And, and then I just started like making characters and I think working in a, in a children's children's app company, I started to make characters that were very kind of almost like, geared in that direction of like children's children's uh cartoony kind of i don't i don't know you probably don't know any of the brands but there's like this brand called toko boca um and they do like kind of weird goofy characters and stuff like that so we were all like influenced and that's kind of like but i wanted to do like i just really wanted to sit and just shade and stuff like that i just got kind of really invested in that so it's kind of cool because like even though you might have this internship, this first position that you had at this children's company was a little grueling. In some way, it's sort of like kind of brought life into these drawings, right? Because, I mean, even even today, you could, 
I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, you can kind of see that influence still, you know, your characters and the way they are sort of shaded and the way they are sort of tiny with, you know, bigger proportion head or hands or whatever it may be. It's still very much there in, in the work today. Yeah, I actually, I've said this a few times. I said that, like, I don't regret ever working this, like, small internship kind of job that for two years because in a way it really molded me into who I am now. And I was like, thank you for, like, you know, they were also like the company was actually really great to me. And so I just felt very comfortable at that company. But um, yeah, I was very, I think, I, I don't know if I would be the same person if I were to like be in a different route. Maybe I'd be making work like a lot more traditional medium or something. Cause I was mm -hmm. doing that a lot, like my senior year, I was doing like traditional media type work and like never really getting into like digital CGI or any of that type of type of stuff. So I don't know. I don't really know. It's like kind of one of those things where it's like, w w is there a parallel universe in me that is like <laughs> the what if game, right? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, whatever. So, so you get this commission from Google. Um, you know, I kind of, I went through a lot of your work and again, I've also looked through like your Instagram and stuff like that. Um, you've worked with like Robin Hood, you've worked with MTV. I saw you worked with land yachts, which I thought was pretty cool. I was really big into like downhill free riding and stuff like that. So that's always cool. Um, you know, how has that kind of, how did that sort of progress? What was after Google and you know, how, how is work kind of coming in? Yeah, it was, it was like, well, I had my consistent base of like a few clients that would come to me like maybe once a month or something like that. And, and would you say these clients are like, you know, not necessarily your top brands, but like kind of, you know, companies that are doing business that are, you know, you enjoy working with. Yeah, I had, I was fortunate to have not, she wasn't my rep, but I had a, a rep who like, just like to find artists and be like, Hey, I have a job that I think you might fit well for. And she consistently came to me and we constantly worked with like this company called PSYOP. So it's a, it's a TV, it's a animation studio in New York. So I constantly was working with PSYOP, like say like once a month and her, and, and that was like a healthy, it was bringing some money in. It was, and then I had like this editorial job that like I had, you know, quite a few times with this magazine company. Um, and it just like, that was very, like, if I didn't have those, like, yeah, I think, I don't think I really could have made that next step into freelance. It was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel too comfortable. Um, I was also, I, I think I jumped into freelance maybe like I didn't have enough money in my bank account. I wish I saved up a little bit more. At the mm -hmm. time I was like, oh, this is like a plain muff. And then I talked to my friends like afterwards and they're like, that is like not enough to like jump into freelance. <laughs> and if I were, if I told people, I'd be like, I'd be like, look at you need to, yeah. If you want to jump into freelance, I would definitely, it's something you want to plan out a little bit more. And stock up. Stock up. Fortunately, I think nowadays you don't, if you're freelance, you don't have to like move to New York. You can like, Especially with coronavirus, I think a lot of companies kind of realizing they're like, yeah, we, yeah, you don't need to sit in our studio. You can probably do work from remote. They, re they really, they, what they look for most is like the people that they think are really good and skilled and have a good portfolio. And those other things are going to be like, I think, second factor. They're going to, they really want somebody that I think is like making good work and they'll hire them. I think, yeah, I kind of think, you know, my initial thought with coronavirus, yeah, it's terrible and just awful as it's been for people, 
you know, I think it, it has really given creatives sort of the freedom now and, and has sort of lowered the expectation of like being in person to do work. Because I think to your point, right, it, I think it does kind of raise the bar a little bit on how you conduct yourself and how you kind of work with people. And that is very key because I think people really appreciate that, especially as we're so distant. But they are looking for people that are doing good work. And that is really the, the one thing that stands out. Um, and, and I guess to kind of bring it back over to you, you know, like as you're going through and working on the, with, you know, these clients and, and being freelance, like is your style sort of, you know, being altered? Are you kind of like making work that is more in line with the brand or are they coming to you and asking you for your specific kind of take on it? What's, how's that kind of relationship? Yeah, I, I think definitely I am a little bit fortunate where I'm not trying to gear myself towards brands. And I def, I definitely was making work that just was feeling like me. And I will say that I don't recommend that. I think I just lucked out because <laughs> of the fact that my style, if I check, if I have a list of check mark boxes of what clients might like, I think it just kind of fits for a lot of clients. Um, and it's like, you know, they, uh, a lot of my older stuff, like, you're not, I'm not really drawing, I'm drawing people and characters, but I'm not drawing things that have anything with race or gender or anything like that. And a lot of companies actually kind of like to keep it really ambiguous because it gets into topics that they don't really want to touch. And there's like things where it's like colorful, it's playful, friendly. There's not anything too scary. Um, I think people also just kind of like just normal folks in general get kind of enamored by like when things are kind of more drawn realistically. I'm just guessing that is like a my own guess. I don't really know. So they go like, oh, like it's really shaded. Um, cool. <laughs> I don't really know. But uh, I just like have like these like I'm like I'm like if I were to I feel like maybe that probably helped in some ways. Obviously, it's not. That's just a general, my own general idea of what it might be. I think there's like definitely mm-hmm. like, because there's definitely plenty of super successful people that are opposite. You know, we were just talking about like, you know, uh, Amber Vittoria. She's like, you know, she's yep. actually very gendered and women based. And and that's a whole different topic. So I can't, I'm not like that type of person. But she gets like probably a lot of clients and herself. Um really big clients too for like the same companies. Uh, so it's, it's like, I couldn't really say, I thought, I feel like there's probably a little bit where they like that a little bit of ambiguity for things. I know I got a lot, I got hired a lot for like Kellogg's or something like cereal brands and stuff like that. Really? Cause they were like, it's cartoonish. Like you can draw cartoons and stuff like that or like illustration stuff. Um, I got a lot of food, food brands and stuff like that. That's interesting because I, I mean, I, I saw like, I look at the work from Robin Hood and I thought that was so great because like Robin Hood is a very like, you know, serious buttoned up investment kind of brand. And the work that you did was so in line with your style that, you know, they, it's kind of like, I don't want to say that their brand takes a back seat, but it was like you had more influence on the work than necessarily they did, which I think is always great. You know, I think that's, I think more brands need to do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, actually, um, Robert, he's the art director there and he's like a super, super awesome guy. Um, I literally just talked with him for like an hour on Skype, like before the project. And he just seems like he just seems like some guy that's just like super creative driven. And he's just like him and I were just like bouncing, just talking about, you know, what we what we like in art and what this and actually we kind of did bring up like what I just said, how my art is not really, it, a lot of my other art was kind of ambiguous to people and stuff like that. They found it to be very brand safe. And they're like, and they're like, oh yeah, that like really works for us. And you know, these ways, because 
we don't have to really worry about things, you know, if something kind of turns the wrong way or, you know, depicts like the wrong thing and it can reach an international audience, you know? Uh, so it was very, he also, yeah, he was just like really just chill with it. And he's like, we, I trust you. I, I know how it is. He, I think he was kind of like Robin Hood itself. I don't think it's very like necessarily the company is not very creative, but he's like that one person who's like a yeah. very, like, I know just, Trust me, I'm the big, I'm senior art director here. I've worked in these things. He's out there advocating. He's, he's pushing buttons. Yeah. And there's some, there's a few companies that are like that, who are just like, they may not have the, the rest of the companies, maybe not so creative, but they get like that one person who's just like, look at, I know what artists are super cool. I'm going to get yeah. these artists and you're just like, oh, it's like so awesome. And it's like the most random, boring company. I've worked with a few people like that. And it's always, it's, so much fun because they are always kind of pushing the boundaries a bit and it's great to know them. And even, you know, when they do move on, you know, just kind of keeping up with them is, is always exciting. I've, I've found at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Him and I like just talked like only like a month or two ago and he's just like, yeah, I just want to fit you in for another product. I love what you're doing recently. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Love to like, just, just super, super chill. I just hit me up. Yeah, hit me up, man. Like that's essentially you. Sometimes you chat, like you chat with the clients like that, and you're just like, yeah, hit me up, yeah. And they're <laughs> like, they like, you know, they're they're people too. Sometimes I get clients that are like super super serious in their emails, and I'm like, it's very polite, but I don't know how to type properly, and I sound like <laughs> a very like very like oh pardon sorry about that yeah blah 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 yeah and it's like i'm not really good with that and i feel like i have to check my email like 30 times for grammar mistakes but then i get like some of those clients who i you just vibe a little bit more and they're like way sure, more yeah. like they're just like yeah that's awesome man. yeah and you're like sweet and they they kind of like that they like where they can sense that enthusiasm um, I think like clients where I, I can't really show that enthusiasm, I'm like, yes, I am so happy that you've like, you reached out to Selected me. Selected this I'm, version. Yeah. I am ecstatic to, yeah, I'm ecstatic to work with you on this project. It's like, it gets kind of like, it feels a little lethargic. Yeah. 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 It's like something like that. And yeah. so it's like sometimes those, those, pro, those clients where you can really kind of more express yourself as a person, there's, you know, it just, I just kind of enjoy that a little bit more. A lot of you have like, clients are like that, though. Most clients are very more relaxed. I don't think I've had too many clients where they're like super serious. I've only had like maybe three or four. That's good then. That means, you know, you're enjoying the work and working with the people you work with. Do you have um, do you have like a brand wish list that you'd like to work with or kind of like, you know, clients that you'd want to aim for or anything like that? Um, I've, I've actually, I've gotten that asked once before and I was like, I don't know if I have like, a brand I specifically want. I was never really like a brand type person, but I will say I do want to work for, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I want to do something for the MTA. I like went the New York uh, transit system, you know, the subway. Yep. Cause whenever I go on the subways, I see they get like that artist that like has their banner up on the subways and they like, they pick like a few artists to like, and I'm like, Oh man, I want to be that artist. I want to have my art on like a subway. And it seems like so, it's like one of those clients where people are probably like, oh, I want to work for Nike. I want to do this for this company. Sure. And I'm kind of like, I want the New York transit system. You want to see it every day. Every day you're on the subway. You want to be like that. I did that. There's like some clients who are just like, ah, oh, they get the cool kids. Like that's like one of them. I'm like, oh man, they get like the cool artists on there. They get like Jillian Tamake. I want, I want to work for that. <laughs> like, and there's, yeah, there's just like, there's, 
sometimes it's like that in art where you're just like, oh man, they got like all the cool kids. Like I, I want to do that now. But um, yeah, it's, I can't really say, I don't, I feel very satisfied with what I have at the moment. Like, I feel like I've worked for a lot of the clients that I've like, I think at a time was Google was my biggest one. Cause I've had a lot of friends who like worked for them and it just felt like, I was like, oh man, like, that's so awesome. Like there's so many, like, they're just like doing so much fun things. And I've gone to the Google yeah. office and it was like super cool, like just you can just grab drinks and food whenever you want it and it's all free and that's like it was just like I don't know I was like always just kind of jealous of them and their success and then when I got that job from them I was like very like I was like oh wow this is like this is like everything I wanted um (laughs) yeah so I think that was the biggest one at the time yeah um you know before we wrap up I kind of you know I'm gonna this sort of just pops in my head and maybe this will stick for the rest of the season. Maybe it won't. But if you, um, if you had to look or I guess say in a year from now, you listen back to this episode and you can give yourself advice to your future self, what would it be? Oh, advice to my future self. I'm just hoping I don't forget the things that I like, what made me happy with an art kind of thing. It's like, I think that's probably like the best answer I can give. Cause like, you know, I feel like when you get older and I've, you always see this, like, say as a kid, you kind of go like, you feel like parents get a little bit more boring. You always like have yeah, that feeling. You're yeah. like, adults are so boring. <laughs> and you're like, I, and I think it's just because they get more, they just have more responsibilities. And I feel like as a, I hope when I get older, I can still keep those responsibilities, but still feel like I can keep that level of imagination and stuff like that. I, I did worry a bit, like, where I was like, I wonder if like, I feel like I was so much more imaginative, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. You ever like listen to music and you wish you could just like be in a Marvel fight scene kind of thing. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it's kind of cringy and embarrassing, but yeah. Have- no, I, I totally did that. I like, I remember I used to take karate as a kid and I'd get back and, uh, just let the radio play and then like I do karate to like whatever was playing on the radio in my front yard. Very embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I can beat up the school bully when I listen to music. I'm going to be like have super fun. It's like that kind of You imagine you're in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like nowadays it's like I don't have that. And I'm like, I wonder if I like if I it's like I don't know if my imagination just kind of shifted to like it became almost like my imagination became a little bit more analytical. I like yeah. I kind of like realized what are the things that I like creatively? And I'm like, okay, like I can actually analyze like, oh, abstraction and this type of thing. Why do people like this when it's like little senses of details, little little gems within art pieces kind of thing. And I kind of I kind of feel like maybe it just shifted, but at the same time, I kind of hope that I like don't become like a boring old person and just kind of like, you know, do do you don't don't really try to, you know, be just like the person that's like, I'm senior art director. I become slave to a brand or something like that. That would be, that'd be pretty terrible. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, where can, um, where can people find you, your work and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, my Instagram is just Alex Kiesling. Just should be my name. I've got a little, little red face, blue hair character as an icon. Uh, otherwise my website is just alexkiesling.com. Uh, pretty, I, sh- I think that's just part of the part of the freelance world. Got to make sure you're you can be easily found. But yeah, so it's just type my name and you'll find me. Awesome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks, John. Yeah, super great to talk to you. This podcast is produced by me, John Sarantino, out in Jersey City, New Jersey. 
Editing, mixing, and music are all done by my friend Kevin Bendis in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Definitely check him out. You can find out more about WellFed and where to listen at wellfedpodcast.com or on social media at WellFedPodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.